Hello, Hirok. Welcome to our daily devotional. We're continuing today with our walk through Isaiah. And as I've said before, we're in the middle of these 11 chapters of prophetic judgments against the surrounding nations. We're trying to shorten that up a bit. And today we're going to talk about uh, specifically about the king of Babylon and what this has to say to us today. So we are in Isaiah chapter 14 with selected verses where we read this. In that wonderful day when the Lord gives his people rest from sorrow and fear, from slavery and chains, you will taunt the king of Babylon. You will say, the mighty man has been destroyed. Yes, your insolence is ended, for the Lord has crushed your wicked power and broken your evil rule. You struck the people with endless blows of rage and held the nations in your angry grip with unrelenting tyranny. But finally, the earth is at rest and quiet. Now it can sing again. How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world, for you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Instead, you will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to its lowest depths. Everyone there will stare at you and ask, Can this be the one who shook the earth and made the kingdoms of the world tremble? Is this the one who destroyed the world and made it into a wasteland? Is this the king who demolished the world's greatest cities and had no mercy on its prisoners? The kings of the nations lie in stately glory, each in his own tomb. But you will be thrown out of your grave like a worthless branch, like a corpse trampled underfoot. You will be dumped into a mass grave with those killed in battle. You will descend to the pit. You will not be given a proper burial, for you have destroyed your nation and slaughtered your people. The descendants of such an evil person will never again receive honor. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this is a uh, an interesting passage to me um, because we get we we drill down to kind of the motivations for the king who sits on the throne. There's these prophecies against these uh, surrounding kingdoms, but really when we're talking about uh, these surrounding kingdoms, we're really talking about the power structure and the people who sit in power. Because as we saw at the end of this verse, the, the people of Babylon themselves were suffering under this tyrant. And so God's judgment on these people in power is actually freedom and liberation, even for the people of that empire. In this kind of march of these endless superpowers who seem to take over the world, there is this one unifying spirit that animates them. And in verse 12 and following, Isaiah gives language to it and describes, actually uses the same language that the prophet Ezekiel uses to describe Satan himself, calling him shining star, son of the morning, you who would ascend to the stars and be like God, to raise yourself up to be like God most high. This is the same spirit that animates Satan. Maybe Satan himself is the spirit that animates our own thirst for power and lust for adoration. Um, but instead of being raised above the heavens, instead you, now you're thrown down uh, like Satan was, cast down to the earth. But for this king, even worse, verse 15, you're cast down into the grave. Uh, people will ask, is this the one who made the word, the, the earth shake? Now you're part of the, the, the dirt that you made shake, right? And I think about this as being like death is this great equalizer, this great humbling, um, you know, no matter how great we think we are, no matter how much we think we deserve attention and adoration and respect or 
honor or whatever it might be. We're just human beings. And, and even that word human, you know, kind of is a reference to ground or dirt or like in Hebrew, Adam or Adam is, is, is earth. This idea that we all come from, from dirt and to dirt we shall return. So, I mean, even if we don't have great ambitions to think that all those people that we admire, they are the same as us. They come from dirt and to dirt they will return. You know, Taylor Swift goes to a football game and immediately the, the ticket prices shoot through the roof and all the all the existing uh, pairs of shorts that she was wearing are immediately uh, purchased away online. But in the end, everyone is still the same. We are a, a sisterhood and brotherhood of humanity. The kind of irony of this is that if we were to accept who we are, what we are in God's eyes, then it would be God who lifts us up. You know, kind of like in the Tower of Babel, they tried to raise themselves up to God, but they had to be cast down. And then God says to Abram, says, I will make your name great. The people in the Tower of Babel wanted to make their name great. God says, no, I have a plan to make your name great, but it's going to be in submitting to me, then I will raise you up. And, and the ultimate plan, of course, is Jesus, where God literally humbles himself, becomes dirt with us, becomes a human being so that he can raise us up to be with him. And that's the way up. It's not like the constant ambition in the spirit of Satan is to raise ourselves up above one another, raise ourselves even up to God. And yet God intends that all along for us. If we will humble ourselves, God will raise us up to be part of this heavenly family, sisters and brothers of Jesus Christ. So in any case, I, I, I love the vision that's portrayed here. And I think it really lays bare the kind of underlying uh, animus, the underlying motivation that causes all this pain and suffering in human history, especially through these uh, worldly superpowers. Dave, I'm wondering what you see in this passage. You know, as I, I just think about what you were saying, and as we read the scripture, uh, you know, you talk about how every kingdom is unique in its own way. Every empire is unique and has its own characteristics and culture. And yet at the core of it, every empire actually is the same. I, I, I don't, I can't say this for sure, but I'd be willing to bet that if we could have talked to Pharaoh back, you know, when, when Egypt was the great empire, or if we could have talked to Nebuchadnezzar, or if we could have talked to Cyrus or, you know, any of the great leaders of any of these big, you know, world empires, right? Any of the Caesars, uh, we could have the same conversation with them that we could have with any of the U.S. presidents uh, or, or, or the kings who sat on the throne of England. I mean, you know, with the, any of these people, I'm, I'm willing to bet that very few of them would say, oh, I just want power. So, you know, for, my, for me, right, forget everybody else. I want to crush the weak. Actually, I think it's the opposite. I think what they would say is, no, 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 I need power for the good of everyone else. And that's the funny thing is we all have the eyes to see how other people wanting power is dangerous and self-aggrandizing. But, but when we want power, it's actually, it's a really virtuous thing. It's a really good thing because we imagine ourselves to be the ones who actually know the right thing, have the, the, the character to do the right thing. You know, we all think if everybody would just do it my way, everything would be perfect. And, and I even see that today. It's the, the funny thing is that the, so oftentimes in, in, I think in our contemporary culture, the very people who are most hate empires don't realize the way they themselves are trying to build an empire, right? That colonizes the world with their worldview. 
and, and then sort of tells everybody, this is the way it should be. And in fact, tries to amass power. And we see this happening in, in, in Washington as the, you know, the, the uh, kind of administrative state continues to grow and grow and grow and grow because we just want somebody at the top who do the right thing. And yet every time somebody gets to the top, we always go, oh, that one's not doing the right thing. And then we hope in the next person to do the right thing. And the next one. But the reality is, you know, Lord Acton's famous comment that all power corrupts, but absolute power corrupts absolutely. And, and I think that that's true, that so many of us are not as corrupt as those with more power, only because we haven't had the power to be corrupt with, right? We're no different than they are. No different. And, and I think there's that illusion. I, I, I think a, 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 it's a, an ignorant illusion, ignorant of our own selves, that we would do so much better uh, than anybody else. And I think that's what I, I hear Isaiah talking about. It's nation after nation after nation. You kept believing in this one. Then you believed in this one. Then you believed in this one. Oh, this is the next great one. Oh, here's the great savior. Oh, look, you know, this kingdom saved us from this kingdom. And then well, that kingdom saved us from them. And this kingdom saved us from... And when do we finally go, oh, none of the kingdoms can save us. None of the kingdoms can save us. None of the politicians can save us. None of the empires can save us. No regime can save us. The, they're all humans. They're all broken. And that, in fact, I think the, the smarter thing is to uh, have a much more humble vision about the integrity of people, the wisdom of people in power. And, and, and so let's not give too much power to anybody except God alone. And, and I, let's let God rule over my neighbor. I don't need to rule over them. Let's let God judge my neighbor. I don't need to be the judge of them. I feel like that's actually the healthy spirit that we can learn from, you know, this kind of uh, arrogant leader after arrogant leader uh, that now is, you know, lies rotting in the dust and, and has left just a, a chain of hurt uh, in his wake. And I, I think that ends up being it whenever we think we know best and people should do it our way. That's probably going to be what we're going to leave in our wake as well. Yeah, it's, um, I think one of the transitions that we see often is, uh, people have a vision and they realize that their vision, they want their vision to outlast their own lives. And so oftentimes they tra transform their vision into institutions, hoping that the institutions will have the, the power and the momentum to keep their vision alive. And, and oftentimes those institutions calcify and become resistant to the very kinds of change that we need. And they become part of the problem and part of a system of, of problem and power that's kind of entrenched. And yeah, so even there, we, we believe so much in ourselves and, and want to outlive ourselves instead of accepting our own mortality and, and leaving things to other people that we end up kind of creating the very kind of doom that we're trying to avoid. We're trying to undo institutional power in many ways and yet create in our way, create institutional power that terrorizes the, the next generation. And yeah, we keep repeating this cycle. Well, it seems to me that one way then we could hear this and go, oh, well then forget it. I'll just kind of like keep to myself and, you know, forget the world, right? I'll just, it'll be me and Jesus. Well, actually Jesus calls us to go and serve. Uh, what Jesus doesn't call us to do is control. And I think that always ends up being the problem is whenever, instead of serving people, in order to serve, we tell ourselves, we need power to control them, right? And, and then we end up becoming the very tyrants that we castigated in the previous generation, right? Because we end up using control. And when we do, we start justifying 
the, the very things we need to do to, to, to quell dissent. And, and, and that seems, but it's for righteous cause, we tell ourselves. And, and I think that that's where we always get in trouble. And I think even, you know, in, in our own families, there's a way that I can exercise authority. Uh, and especially as kids get older, that I can exercise authority and, and I can have integrity and, and show leadership by going first. But, but that doesn't then, and, and I think this is increasingly as kids get, get to be older and I have older kids, I'll go first. I will live what, what I believe is a gift to you, but I won't coerce you to do the things that I do, right? I'll, I'll try to convince you by, by the blessings you see it brings me, but I won't coerce you. Uh, and I think that learning to do that, especially as with our teenagers, we end up embittering so often our teenagers because we try to use the kind of power and authority that made sense when our children were toddlers. Uh, and, and we end up then embittering them rather than inspiring them by showing, no, I, I don't need to control you, but I'm going to experience being controlled by the spirit of God. And, and that, I think, is going to inspire you to want to follow. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I see the, the, the dynamic that plays out through Scripture as being like there's this kingdom of self-serving power and there's this kingdom of self-emptying love. And, and Jesus, yeah. you know, God in the flesh, the, the one who has the only one who has the right to use this kind of power instead empties himself and takes on the nature of a servant and demonstrates to us the way forward. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And he means for us to follow it, that you know, the, the one who deserves to use power, has the right to use power, chooses not to use it, but instead it empties himself, then, then certainly we who don't have the right to that authority should follow as well. Amen to that. Well, can I pray for us to that end? Hmm. Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit to be in us, the spirit of love, a spirit of peace, a spirit of patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. We pray that you would lead us in the way everlasting. You alone are our Lord and King. We pray in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. I hope you can join us again tomorrow when we're going to kind of cap off this stream of superpowers by going back to the original one, Egypt. So please join us again tomorrow. Go in peace.